Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. And this week, I'm going to talk primarily to actors because many times actors have asked me, well, what makes a good comic actor? And I've given it a lot of thought and I've come up with what I think are the three elements necessary for being a good comic actor. So I'm going to talk about those elements. I'm going to try to give some examples along the way, and then I'm going to give you some homework because I am going to give you examples of good comic actors, some you will know and some you've never heard of, but it'll give you a chance to look up some of these people and see for yourself just what makes a good comic actor. So that's this week on Hollywood and Levine. Okay, so actors always ask me, what makes a good comic actor? Well, everybody has their own opinion, of course, and their own theory. And mine is that it takes three components to make a good comic actor. Number one is timing. It's the old story. What is the secret of comedy? Timing. Okay, comedy timing is is rhythm. And some people have it and some people just don't. It's like with music in a way. I mean, some people can just feel that groove and they can just keep a beat. And then there's me. Okay? Not exactly my gift. But timing is especially acute when it comes to doing physical comedy. Okay, let's take, for example, the spit take. Now, if somebody does a spit take, it has to come at just the right time. Too soon, and it's like you're anticipating, and too long after whatever the person said that caused the spit take, well, then the guy's just sitting there for a couple of beats, and the moment is gone. It has to be done with precision. And here's what really separates the men from the boys. If you can do a silent bit like David Hyde Pierce ironing a shirt and eventually setting the room on fire on Frasier, have you seen that? If not, go to YouTube right now and see that bit. It's absolutely brilliant. And it was all in one take. That is a gifted comic actor. Another component is delivery. Okay, now there are very subtle pauses. There are words that need to be accented. And most importantly, attitudes have to be conveyed when delivering a laugh line. Now, I say laugh line and not punch line because really the best laughs come out of character, not necessarily, and I'm making the quote signs, jokes. Okay, lots of actors know how to just wind up and hit the last word hard. When I'm casting pilots, generally the actors that come in to read all are members of SAG or AFTRA or Equity, and they've all had some experience. A lot have been on television shows in the past. So there's a certain level of proficiency when they come in. 
And like I said, they know how to wind up and hit the last word and get that laugh, but it's very mechanical. You know, you just need something more. You just need to sense that it's organic and not somebody that has just learned a skill. Because what about when the laugh line is something like, what? Are you going to say it like, what? Or what? Or what? You know, there are very different ways of saying what. And it all depends upon the context and it all depends upon the scene. Do you get it? Do you understand how that character would say that word in that instance to get a laugh? The good comic actor just instinctively knows. And again, I go back to David Hyde Pierce because we would come down for run-throughs. And if a joke wouldn't work during the week, during the rehearsal process, you kind of put a question mark by it because you're going, well, was the punchline wrong? Was the setup wrong? Was the performance wrong? Did he kind of mumble the line? What was going on here? You would have to go back to the office and kind of analyze it and decide for yourself whether or not the joke had to be rewritten. Well, when David Hyde Pierce had a line that didn't get a laugh and was supposed to get a laugh, we just draw an X right through it. It is our fault, not him. He was pitch perfect every time. And the other thing about getting laughs on either one word or even a a sentence is, do you sound real? Do you sound like a real person Or do you sound like a vaudeville comedian just winding up and delivering that punchline? You know, I mean, it's the old story about those guys from the Borscht Belt, you know, and it's all about rhythm and it's all about words with a K. And (laughs) Come on, we we are way past that now, Uh, especially the current trend, which is that the comedy has to be natural. It has to be organic. It has to just flow out of the person. You can't just wind up and deliver punchlines the way you could in the Catskills in 1945. Okay, so I know I am going back to ancient times, but there was a gentleman named Sid Caesar. He had a show. It was a live 90-minute show back in the 50s. Think of Saturday Night Live, but during prime time. And he could do sketches, and he could do pretty much anything. And one of his great gifts was doing foreign accents and doing foreign language gibberish. He would do German or French or Spanish, and he would slip in just enough English words to sort of get the idea of what he was doing, but it was just hilarious. And it was all in the phrasing. It was all in the rhythm of the nonsense sounds. 
I mean, he didn't even have to say anything that you would understand and you would still laugh. You can go to YouTube. You can find, I'm sure, old DVDs of Sid Caesar. Check him out because he was amazing. The good comic actor, by the way, will also vary his delivery. Now, there are a number of sitcom actors who are very good but deliver every line with the exact same rhythm and cadence. And I, I love her and I love the show, but Candace Bergen on Murphy Brown. If you watch Candace Bergen on Murphy Brown, she delivers every line the same way. Every line just goes... You just hear the, the same rhythm tosses off the line off the side of her mouth you know and never varies it and boy it sure became noticeable when they did the reboot of it this last year because we've seen her since in other shows she was great in boston legal and everything else and she gets onto that murphy brown stage and she just reverts back to that rhythm. Every punchline was delivered the exact same way. I've also seen actors get lazy. Actors who are actually pretty good and they get lazy and they sort of fall into a trap. I'll give you an example. John Ratzenberger of Cheers. Again, love him. Very funny guy. Watch episodes from the last few years, and you'll see that John has this tendency to wind up before every line. So every line will be, Normie, I think uh, we found her weakness. Yeah, Sammy, uh, yeah, she's really hot for you. Carla, that was your kid calling. Go back and watch some of those episodes. You'll see. And he didn't do it early on. He didn't do it the first few years. But he kind of got into this habit of winding up before delivering every line. Okay, the third thing is reactions. Oftentimes, the big laugh is not from the spoken line, but another character's reaction to it. And here, some more homework. Watch The Golden Girls. It's on one of those cable channels 15 times a night. Watch B. Arthur. She is an absolute master. I mean, in addition to having a great delivery herself... You could always just go to her for a reaction and it just amplified the laugh of any of the other characters' joke lines. She was amazing. Okay? How does a character react to shocking news? How does a character react when he's caught in a compromising situation? Is his reaction real? Is it over the top? Is it justified, but not what you'd expect? So some more examples using old guys. Laurel and Hardy. 
Now, you may remember that movie that nobody saw earlier this year. Well, Oliver Hardy and Stan Laurel were a comedy team way back in the 20s and 30s. And again, if you've never seen Laurel and Hardy, please treat yourself. You will laugh. You will laugh. But when Oliver Hardy, and he's the fat one of the two, when Oliver Hardy got hit in the face with a pie, he got a laugh. This guy hit in the face with a pie. That's funny. But then it got an even bigger laugh when Hardy reacted by controlling his rage and desperately trying to preserve his dignity. So the normal reaction would be, what the fuck? The guy would be really pissed. And instead, unexpected but justified, and like I said, the motivation behind it was trying to preserve his dignity so he he maintained his cool instead of just throwing the pie off his face he would take two fingers and gently and very delicately just wipe a little bit of the whipped cream off of his face meanwhile 98% of the pie is still there that was so much funnier than the actual act of being hit in the face with a pie. And then there's Jack Benny. So Jack Benny started in vaudeville. He went on to become a big radio star and later a television star. All the while, he was a stand-up comedian, and so he would perform for live audiences. Well... Jack Benny had this persona, had this character of a guy who was incredibly cheap. And he would make the most of that. And he was also a guy that was just constantly annoyed by the world around him. Oftentimes, people would say and do outrageous things in his face and his reaction would be to just stare, just have one hand on his temple, the other one across his chest and he would just react. He wouldn't say anything and it would get a huge laugh. Now, he was doing this in radio. He was doing some radio where you couldn't even see him. But if you knew Jack Benny and you knew what he was doing, it was very, very funny. And I know for me, one of the greatest laughs I ever got, I was 16 years old and I went to Vegas. I saw that Jack Benny was playing at the Sahara Hotel. And I love to see stand-up comedians of the day. And so I got my parents to take me to Las Vegas to see Jack Benny. Now, another Jack Benny trait from his character is he saw himself as a great violinist, a virtuoso violinist, and he was really, really terrible. But there was that total disconnect. He thought he was great, and the rest of the world knew otherwise. 
So at one point, he's on stage, and picture he's on the left side of the stage, and he says, okay, I'm going to play my violin now. Could I have my violin? And from the right side of the stage, somebody just tosses a violin onto the stage, and it just lands at his feet with like a crunch sound. And Benny, again, one hand on his temple and the other hand across his chest, just looks down at it. It was a five-minute laugh. Just a five-minute laugh. And one of the most famous Jack Benny lines, if not the most famous Jack Benny lines, this was in radio. He's held up, okay? A mugger holds him up. And the mugger says... Give me your money or your life. And there's this long pause. And he goes, well, and Benny goes, I'm thinking it over. It was all in character. It got a monstrous laugh. And the fact that he held for that pause, that's what made it so incredibly funny. And again, that was on radio. Good comic actors are always reacting, even when they're not on camera. You can tell. Boy, when I get shows in editing, you can just tell because there's cameras on everybody. And you see the mediocre actors are just standing there ready to deliver the next line. The good comic actors are always reacting, always reacting, even if... There's zero chance we're going to go to them for this particular shot. Somebody like Shelley Long was amazing at that. Ted Danson was amazing. Alan Alda, just masterful in that they were listening to the other actor. They were immersed in the scene, okay? They weren't thinking about what's my next line or uh, am I going to be able to hit my mark? Or, oh, God, I, I, I got to pour a drink uh, right after I deliver my next line. No, they are in the scene. They are listening to the other actors. And you really believe that they are having a conversation. It's really a joy to watch. And that brings up another point. Because another trait that the good comic actor has is that, and I've mentioned this before where he needs to be real, but his character doesn't know he's in a comedy. In other words, he's just playing the reality of the scene and the situation. He's not pushing to get laughs. He's not winking. He's not mugging. He's not delivering lines with a sledgehammer. And you can see an actor pushing a mile away. And this happens more often than not on bad multi-camera sitcoms because the material isn't that good and the audience isn't laughing. So the actor feels, well, I got to give it a little more oots and really try to sell the material, you can almost see the flap sweat. It's just terrible. More in a moment, but first a word about DoorDash. 
How you enjoying the holiday season, huh? All the traffic, all the stuff you have to do. And if you're like me, when you get home at night, you don't want to cook. You don't want to get back in the car and drive to a restaurant. Well, thank you, DoorDash, because DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurant. And all you got to do is just go to your app and order. There are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities that work with DoorDash. So you can't tell me that you're not going to be able to find the perfect meal for you. Door-to-door service in all 50 states and Canada. So what are you cooking for? What are you schlepping down to some restaurant and paying a valet $7 for? Just go to DoorDash. And right now, you can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and you enter the promo code HOLLYWOOD. Okay, you know how this works with podcasts, right? That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and you enter the promo code HOLLYWOOD, H-O-L-L-Y, W-O-O-D. So don't forget, promo code Hollywood for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. So finally, here's the thing. The really good comic actors do all of this instinctively and naturally. It's just in their DNA. But what about if you're not good? Can you improve? Yes, to a point. Experience is a big help. Paying attention to those actors who do it well is also something that you really need to do. Study these guys. Study what they do, how they do it, their timing, their facial expressions, their body language. Just study them. I've seen actors on long-running sitcoms improve mightily over the course of the series. Usually, this is a stand-up comic who gets a series based on his act, and at the beginning, he's doing his act. He's not really that great an actor. And I've seen a number of these where the actor doesn't get any better at all. And then you see some where the comic decides, you know, I'm really going to take this seriously. And I'm really going to try to become an actor and not just a comic. And to me, the best example of that is Ray Romano. Ray Romano, you see him season one, you see him his last season, it's a totally different guy. He has just gotten so much better. Tim Allen is another one who really improved considerably. And of course, stand-ups also have the advantage of toiling in comedy clubs, perfecting their timing and delivery. So here is one of my recommendations for young actors. I suggest getting into improv classes. And by the way, think beyond UCB because that's a racket. That's a, they 
overcharge the crap out of you. And there's all these levels that you have to go through. And there's all these politics. And they're trying to wring every dollar out of you. And basically, they're going, oh, look at this. Uh, Amy Poehler uh, came from UCB. And people who are now on Saturday Night Live came from UCB. So we're the hot new thing. No, there are other improv classes. There are many. And obviously, if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in New York, if you're in Chicago, there's going to be more options. There's going to be more opportunities. But more and more improv workshops are popping up all over the world. So if you live in Minneapolis, if you live in St. Louis, if you live in Milwaukee, chances are there is one or two improv groups. Now, who knows how good the teacher is, but there are also books that you can read. There's one by a former guest on this program, Andy Goldberg, uh, about improv comedy that I would suggest. But it's really helpful to take an improv class because you learn to be spontaneous and you learn to get your comic timing down. And here's the best part. You learn to listen because that's so key. That's how you commit to a character. You listen and you react to what the other person just said. You're not concocting one-liners in your head while the other person is just talking. You need to listen. And it's a skill that you can learn by doing improv. Now, finally, I'm going to go back to homework here. And what I'm going to do is mention specific comic actors, specific people that you need to familiarize yourself with, you need to watch. By the way, it's going to be the most fun research you ever do because you are watching great comic actors. You're going to be laughing. So this is not telling you to go back and read sand scriptures. So I'm going to mention some of these names, and some of them you will be very familiar with, and others you will not know at all. But these are people that you should, like I said, familiarize yourself with and study. Okay, ready? Here we go. Again, it's going to be a long list. Charlie Chaplin, Laurel and Hardy, who I mentioned before, an actor from the 30s and 40s, great attitude, W.C. Fields. A terrific TV actor, Jackie Gleason. He starred in The Honeymooners. Watch The Honeymooners. Bob Hope. Now, the later Bob Hope became kind of a caricature of himself, but if you see some of the old movies, my favorite brunette and some of those others, he was really, really funny, and he had great comic timing and an attitude. Harold Lloyd from the silent era. Peter Sellers. Phil Silvers. If you have not seen 
The Bilko Show, that's a 1950s TV sitcom. Definitely see that. Phil Silvers is maybe the greatest bullshit artist you've ever seen on camera. Art Carney, who along with Jackie Gleason was in The Honeymooners. Audrey Meadows. Yeah, there's some women on this list. There's a bunch of them. Audrey Meadows, who was also in The Honeymooners, had just a great dry attitude, a great delivery. Lucy, of course. Kelsey Grammer. And by the way, when you're watching Kelsey Grammer, you will notice at times that he will slip into Jack Benny. He'll have some Jack Benny reactions and he'll slip into Jackie Gleason. Whenever Kelsey is startled, he'll do one of these, ah! kind of moments that is straight out of Jackie Gleason. David Hyde Pierce, who I mentioned. Eddie Murphy. Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman was on the Carol Burnett show, which was a variety show back in the 70s. Great comic actor. He's also in Blazing Saddles. Worth looking him up. Carol Burnett. She is a great comedian. Gracie Allen. A Gracie Allen along with George Burns. They were like a a comedy team. They were in radio. They were also in television. And her thing was that she she played this ditz. And she was so funny. And another comedian like that was Judy Holliday. Here's the interesting thing about playing dumb. In order to play dumb really well, you have to be very smart. And both Gracie Allen and Judy Holliday had IQs that were like 165, something like that. Jack Benny, who I mentioned, George Burns, Sid Caesar, who I mentioned, Imogene Coca. Great name, isn't it? Imogene Coca played on the, uh, the Sid Caesar show. Did a lot of, of great characters. You know, you see these characters on Saturday Night Live and you think they're so original. And then you watch Sid Caesar show and you go, oh, man, they were doing this 50 years ago. Will Ferrell, Woody Allen. Okay, you're going to go, oh, Woody Allen, uh, child molest. No, I just think of Woody Allen in his early movies and he was very funny. And in terms of... Being a physical comedian, take a look at Woody Allen and Bob Hope. And everything Woody Allen did, he stole from Bob Hope. He did it well, though. Diane Keaton, great. Carol O'Connor, who was Archie Bunker. B. Arthur, I mentioned her from Golden Girls. Also, she was in Maud. Betty White, God bless her. Betty White, very funny in just about any show and any character. Eve Arden. Eve Arden was this actress from the 40s and in the 50s she had a television show that she starred in called Armis Brooks. Nobody could deliver a deadpan line better than Eve Arden. Richard Pryor. Gene Hackman. You're going, Gene Hackman? Yes, when Gene Hackman does comedy, he's really brilliant. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, 
Zero Mostel, another great name. Go back and watch the original movie of the producers. Zero Mostel, very, very funny. Gene Wilder from the Mel Brooks camp. And, of course, Mel Brooks. Sherman Hemsley, who was George Jefferson, very funny. Danny DeVito on Taxi. Taxi is such an underrated show. Go back and find Taxi. He played Louie. He was great on that show. Shelley Long, Ted Danson, Kirstie Alley, Elaine May. Elaine May, who just won a Tony this year and is in her, I think, mid-80s, she started in improv way back in the 50s in Chicago, and she teamed up with somebody else in the workshop named Mike Nichols, and the two of them really had such great chemistry that they clicked and they kind of became a comedy team of Nichols and May. If you go on YouTube and you look for Nichols and May, you will find some great sketches. And again, her humor is so real and so dry, and the timing is just absolutely perfect. More names, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Robin Williams, Barbara Stanwyck, again, going way, way back, Cary Grant, Harry Morgan. Harry Morgan was Colonel Potter on MASH and had also been in like 19 other TV series. He was great. Guy by the name of Bob Cummings, Gail Gordon. Gail Gordon is a guy. Gail Gordon is the one that has that kind of voice. And, you know, during the Lucy show, not I Love Lucy, but the second one, he was always the the boss who was always furious. Don Knotts, Carl Reiner, Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore. You know, one thing that Mary Tyler Moore could do that was so impressive, she could laugh funny and she could cry funny. It is so difficult to cry funny because you're walking a fine line. You have to be real and you have to cry, but you can't be so real that the comedy goes away. I mean, if the audience is sad for that person, then they're not going to laugh. So you just have to walk a fine line. Mary Tyler Moore was the best at it. Kirstie Alley is also pretty amazing. John Gilgood, British actor. See the movie Arthur. He's great. Barbara Harris. Tim Conway, who along with Harvey Corman was on the Carol Burnett show. There is a scene, go to YouTube again. I know, I'm giving you a lot of homework this week. Go to YouTube and look up Tim Conway dentist scene. I've also posted it on my blog. I guarantee you, you will laugh. You cannot watch that scene without laughing. Louis Nye, Wanda Sykes, Lisa Kudrow, Tom Hanks, when he does comedies. Bob Newhart, God bless him, just turned 90. Tim Allen, as I mentioned, Laurie Metcalf, just a wonderful actress. John Cleese, Tony Randall, Jack Klugman, watch the old Odd Couple show. Charles Grodin, Ben Stiller, 
Jason Alexander, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Allison Janney. And I know there's probably 50 more names that I left out, but those should pretty much keep you busy for the next six months or so. You too can be a better comic actor. So ends another podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister, Butler, Bruce and Jason Miller, Howard Hoffman and John Wolfert. You can write me at HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine, Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Hollywood.